This is a call to all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and purpose. What I am here sharing with you about from the very supreme intelligence of the universe, from the very source of reality, who is the ultimate source of love, manifestation and perfection of love, the one true eternal God, I am sharing in a fellowship and a communion with God. And out of that to you. And so I want you to know that what I am saying are not just words and intellect. As Christ said, the words I speak are spirit and life. And I want to mention to those that are new that you that are new should go and check out my website at ultimatemeaning.com where there is a flip book with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me, which has highlighted in red print links which go to many profound and amazing YouTube videos that show from many sources of science and archaeology that what I am sharing is indeed real. It is the ultimate reason for which you live and for which all things consist and exist. And so check that out. You'll find it has much information on there that is not known by many people and that is very important for people to know about. For those that do not know how I share these messages, I share them as the Word of God commands us to share the Word of God. It says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let me explain that further by another verse in Revelations 19.10, which says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is out of worshiping God with great reverence and love and humility towards God out of a pure heart that we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that results in creative utterances that come from the spirit of God so that we prophesy. And basically speaking as the oracles of God as mentioned in 1 Peter 4.11 is prophesying. It is allowing God to speak through us. It was the common practice of the early church under the apostles and Christ that when they gathered together, they spontaneously shared as the Spirit moved upon them. It is very clearly mentioned in the New Testament that one has a psalm, another a word of exhortation, another a word of encouragement, another a prophetic word or whatever it is, when you come together, you seek to allow God to speak through you. And that should be the case in every gathering around Christ of the church. And so I am seeking here also to speak in that way, out of a heart set and a mindset of worship. And one of the things I do to facilitate that is I cast lots on the word of God 
through using two independent random applications on the internet in order to get the possibility of any chapter, and I get two chapters from two independent applications. The, our cast in great reverence and prayer before God that I would get the right two chapters that would bear witness with one another as to the theme. And time and time again, there is a theme way beyond coincidence. It is obvious that God is in the casting of the lot. That's why it says in Proverbs 16, 33, the casting of the lot and the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. And of course, it was extensively used by the church in the pre-Christ scriptures from the book of Genesis right through. There's many examples of that, as well as by the early church to choose for certainly the apostle that took the place of Judas that betrayed Christ and possibly a lot more, and was used by powerful movements of revival, such as the Moravians, which is a movement of great revival that happened in church history. They even chose their wives that way. So I do this because that's the way God has called me to minister the word of God. And it is very synergistic when you have two chapters put together by the providence of God. a very effectual way to preach the Word of God in seeking to speak what God is saying in this particular time to the churches. That's why it says in Matthew 25, Blessed is that servant whom when his Lord cometh shall find so doing. What? Giving the feet, the sheep their meat in due season. We are to seek to have the words from God. How is it that the leadership gets into such insensitivity to the ways of God that they're not doing this, that they're not seeking to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and to give that forth to the sheep. And also each member should have the total liberty and should be facilitated and highly encouraged to be sharing in every meeting. There should be at least 10 to 20 people sharing in each meeting spontaneously without having to use the microphone and all of those things. Oh, you're worried about a mess. Well, come on. Why don't you trust God? He'll take care of any mess. If some person is out, so what? If they cause a great big problem, it's unlikely that will happen. But if that happens, so what? God took care of that in the revival in Zusa Street when those people came in and brought judgment on their lives without them having to do very much. Well, they didn't do anything. God just took care of it. And so I want to share with you what I received today by the casting of Lot, and I also seek to have a song that will fit in with the message. And so I want to share also that song right now. And so we will now play that song before God and worship with a song first of all. Son of righteousness with you. 
Christ is my wisdom and my power, my boast and righteousness, my victory and redemption sure, my truth and holiness. Christ is my Savior, Shepherd, Lord, my Advocate above, my Counselor, my Father, God, my Brother, Friend, and Love. Christ is my Captain and my God. My teacher and my guide, my bridegroom, master and my hand, in me doth he reside. Christ is my prophet, priest and king, my prophet full of sight. My priest that stands twixt me and God, my King that rules with might. Christ is the author of my faith and its perfecter too. By me.
to know such a deep and loving relationship with Christ. If we are walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. When we're walking in the light, it's because we have no unconfessed sins, because we confess our sins and he's been faithful and just to forgive us. And we don't hate our brother. We don't hate our sister. We learn to forgive as Christ forgave us. When we really see how great God's mercy is towards us, how can we possibly not show the same loving kindness and mercy towards those that hurt us? And they may deeply hurt us. We still can learn to overcome that pain with the love of God the most powerful weapon there is against what is corrupt and destructive to your life and to anyone in this world and to this world is the love of God. So I want to share with you the two chapters that I've received not only today but in the last three days because then you will see all the more how God is obviously saying a particular message and because I just didn't have the opportunity to preach every day as sometimes there's technical things I'm dealing with, even in trying to get better broadcasting going for these messages. And I may be well going on to another platform, possibly like um, Substack and so on. I'll see what I will be doing about that very soon. So I want to take us, first of all, to the two chapters that I received today on Monday, December the 19th of 2022. I received 1 Kings 10 and Psalms 80, and there's a common theme between those two chapters, which is the blessing of God. This is the prosperity and the blessing of God, of him shining his face upon those of his people that have opened up to receive his all-consuming, holy, pure love. But before I get into that, I want to share what the theme has been in the last two days. So on Sunday, I received Matthew 26 and Zechariah 6. And the common theme that is found in those two chapters is God restoring his temple. It talks about, in Matthew 26, how they accused Christ of saying that they would, <clears throat> that he would rebuild, he would destroy the temple, the literal temple is what they were accusing him of. Of course, he was talking about the temple of his body. It also talks in Matthew 26 about 
the 30 pieces of silver. Well, that is also found in Zechariah chapter 6 on the 30 pieces of silver and on the restoration of the temple of God. So that was received by the casting of Lot yesterday. And in this, there's both in these two chapters, there's the terrible, obvious rejection of Christ by those that call themselves the people of God, but were in a great apostasy from such a relationship of union with God in both of those chapters. And of course, the day before that, which was on Saturday, I received Jeremiah 12 and Zechariah 11. And in Jeremiah 12, again, you see Jeremiah is totally rejected by the people of God. Even his own relatives are rejecting him and persecuting him. And he talks about it in Jeremiah 12, 6 to 10. And again, I received Zechariah 11 by the casting of Lot. And I'm going to start maybe right here with just reading a little bit from Jeremiah. It says in verse 6, For even thy brethren in the house of thy father, even they have dealt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after they, thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. So there, they, there his relatives are. They're speaking to him like, you know, nice words to them. But behind his back, they're getting people together to persecute him. I have forsaken my house. I have left mine heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. Here he is speaking in the spirit about Israel, corporately as a nation, that God has forsaken his house, his place where the people of God come together to meet with God. He is not there. The glory has departed. Ichabod, as described in Ezekiel, where you have the description of the glory of God leaving the temple of God. Mine heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. It crieth out against me. Therefore have I hated it. Mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field, the nations, in other words, come to devour. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. And God is calling those that are the leaders of churches to account in this hour. Are you bringing your, the people of God into a lavish, wholehearted love relationship with God? In this hour, are you facilitating everything that God wants so that you don't limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your local assembly with the fullness of his glory? Or are you just satisfied with church? We're not living in a time when you can just have church like you've always had church. God is calling for a new order in the body of Christ, which will not be under anything less than the fullness of the headship of Jesus Christ. And I've written a book on that called God, Headship, and Body Invasion, which you can get on Amazon in Kindle or in print. 
And I'm not going to get into the number of other books, I, the other two books I have right now. Zechariah 11.7 for this day of Saturday, back then, three days ago, says, And I will feed the flock of slaughter, even you, O poor of the flock. And I took unto me two staves, the one I called beauty and the other I called bands, and I fed the flock. Now, these were people that were designated for slaughter by those that were in positions of authority, that hated those that were righteous, that lived a life. They themselves are very religious, but they could not stand the reproof of Jeremiah and others, including this flock of the remnant that Jeremiah was part of. And beauty and vans, and I don't want to get into another sermon here, of course. I want the overall theme. But beauty is broken first because you cannot have a genuine covenant with other people if you are not attracted to the beauty of God in them. And you cannot have a genuine fellowship and union with God if you do not see God in a way that is attractive to your soul in this sense that you perceive that the severity of his holiness against corruption is good rather than like Cain who became unthankful at all the consequences of the curse began to have a mindset of perceiving all of these consequences and the suffering in his own life and focusing on that and saying, why would God do all this? And then be thinking, oh, he must be some kind of dictator that I must appease. Abel acknowledged his undoneness in the light of God's holiness and that his holiness was good, though it was severe in the consequences. And so we see the severity that happens in our own lives as suffering and around us and can focus on that and lose sight of the fact that God has our best interest in mind and that his severity is the integrity of his love that will not tolerate what is contrary to love, which is what is corrupt and destroys goodness. God is good. His goodness is unsearchable, the word of God says. And he's calling his people in this hour, to return to the genuine fear of God, which is a deep turning, a choice to deeply turn in one's heart out of great reverence for God to reciprocate who God is, first of all, in the integrity of his love, which is his holiness, that will not tolerate sin. That causes us to be very humbled before God to a place of great honesty and transparency with God. where we experience our hearts being circumcised afresh so that we walk a circumspect walk, where there's a real turning in our heart because that light of God that is like a sharp two-edged sword of his being pierces to the inner depths of our being with a heart that is reciprocated so that we receive Christ in a greater and greater way. As it says in the word of God, as you receive Christ, so walk in him. And the only way we receive Christ and been truly converted is when we become like a little child in our undoneness before God and call from the depths of our being and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And really meant it with all our heart. 
How is it that we could possibly reject the very source of reality and love, which is what the name Yahweh basically is, is reality. The word Yahweh means I am that I am, basically. And the source of that reality is this love that always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice that as such would have a measure of corruption in it, that is so integrous and pure that it is a blazing fire of judgment, a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to his love. I want to go on here. And so God, and then on Sunday yesterday, I received about Judas Iscariot in Matthew 26. And he goes about to betray Christ over 30 pieces of silver. Remember, I just received the day before by the casting of Lot in Zechariah 11 by the casting of Lot the day before. And I will read this. I forgot to maybe read that part. And I will continue to read there, therefore, from Saturday here. Um, so there's that staff, beauty is first broken, and then after that, bands, speaking of covenant. And I said unto them, if ye think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear, so they weighed for my price, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it onto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Then I cut asunder my other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. God is calling us as his people to be those that return to a first love relationship with him where we are caught up with the beauty of who God is in his holiness, where we return to the genuine fear of God that makes us just delight to humble ourselves under his mighty hand and to be in brokenness and tears before him. And it doesn't mean that the church is filled with tears and, and all of that. No, it means that out of that comes great joy, unspeakable and full of glory. But you cannot have that if you don't know what it is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You cannot know the grace of his shining upon you that will cause you to shine forth with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You can have a counterfeit. You can try to manufacture it. That's not going to get you anywhere. And that's not anything that the world can't see through. They can see through phoniness. They can see through what seems just merely religious. We go on here. And it was Sunday that I again received Zechariah, but this time it was Zechariah 6 with Matthew 26, where Christ is betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And they're accusing him because they're saying he said that he was going to destroy the physical temple. No. He was talking about the temple of his body. But the stone which the builders rejected the same has become the head of the corner. He talked about that as well. And I think it might even have been in here earlier in chapter 
Matthew 26, I'm not sure on that, but I don't want to get into looking for it. So here in Matthew 26, we have his betrayal by Judas Iscariot. And it says here in verse 64, Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, this is the high priest saying, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you hereafter, ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold now, Ye have heard his blasphemy. And so we see what has happened. And then I want to point out Zechariah 6 that I received yesterday. And it reads in beginning in verse 11, Then take silver and gold and make crowns, and set them upon the head of Josiah, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh Yahweh of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, which means Nazarene as well. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of Yahweh, is what it says in the original. And he shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both, speaking of the Father and the Son. The council of peace shall be between them both, the branch and the trunk, which is the tree or the branch of the vine. God's zeal in this hour is to restore his spiritual temple around the world by living stones becoming again a habitation of God through the Spirit that will not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ. This is an hour that's not just another revival. This is the very consummate point in consummate time in history for God's consummate purpose to come forth, which is that he has his bride, that John 17 is fulfilled, and woe unto those shepherds and those people that stand in the way because they are lukewarm and don't want to wake up, and they're burying their heads in the sand and not realizing the seriousness of the hour we are in, where there's the potential or nuclear wars as never before, where millions have died of the COVID vaccines. Now, from top statisticians that have looked at the statistics, and I can't cite the sources right now, but there are valid sources, 20 million have died that have taken two or more vaccines. And there will be about 75 million that have died, according to their estimates, by 2025 probably a lot more, knowing that what these evil people are doing. We are living in serious times, brothers and sisters. And it is time to wake up and to seek God 
in your individual life, but also corporately as never before. And I have a strategy in the book, God, Headship, and Body Invasion, that calls churches to come together in each city and community and fast and pray for three days and really turn with all your heart and seek God and repent on the behalf of your nation and on the behalf of your loved ones and so on. That is what God wants right now. And he's calling the people of God to wake up out of their sleep and get desperate before him. And to come into a new order where you never go back to being the church the way they were. No, you forget about your pre-service prayer meetings. You don't need pre-service prayer meetings with a few people in them. The church service needs to start as a prayer meeting. On your face before God, restore the house of prayer in your church by making your church services a prayer meeting, out of which will spring forth then worship and song and praise be more conscious of Christ than your than your in your midst than your program. Don't even have a program. Just start worshiping Christ and allow each member to spontaneously share whatever they sense the Spirit rising up within them to share. And if they're so used to sitting back, you're going to have to do something like have little sermonettes so they can speak for five minutes with everyone having a chance, whether it's thirty people or more each time. But you need to wake up the church and you need to come back and be everything that God has called us to be at this hour. We read here in Zechariah 3, 8 to 10, Hear now, O Josiah, the high priest, thou and thy fellows, that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Josiah upon one stone. This is a Zechariah 3, which I'm adding on here. Upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, Shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree? <coughs> it is not by might nor by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit, that this mountain shall be removed. And there are many mountains in people's lives right now. But God is about to remove mountains in nations. In the United States, there is terrible oppression and tyranny. God's about to remove that mountain. <coughs> All the more so when his people turn to him, and even if they turn to him after he removes a mountain. And may it be so that it's not just before that we turn to God with all our heart, but after all the more, in a love relationship with him. <coughs> Excuse the little bit of a cough I have. It's gradually going away. I need to drink some water. <clears throat> I want to share briefly what I received today. I could preach a lot more detail on all of these verses, but I want to share what I received today by the casting of Lot. I received 1 Kings 10 and Psalms 80. And 1 Kings 10 is about Solomon and how greatly blessed it was 
at that time, and maybe I'll read a bit of it. It says here, this is the Queen of Sheba, who came to seek out, to see if it was all true what she was hearing about this amazing king and this amazing kingdom. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And I'm reading from the um, Christian Standard Bible to get the meaning of some of these things here. And it says here in another verse in this chapter, Then she gave the king four and a half tons of gold, and a great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again did such a quantity of spices arrive as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And then we read further on, And the weight of gold that came to Solomon annually on his ships was 25 tons of gold. That's what we read about in First Kings. And it says, And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones, and cedars made he to be as sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And it goes on and it talks about the horses from Egypt and the chariots that were coming up and being sold to the other kings around him through his <clears throat> services. And the other psalm, <clears> or <throat> the other chapter, <coughs> which has the same theme on prosperity, is Psalms 8. And here we read, beginning in verse 7, Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And that is the prayer that we need to pray. And we really do need to turn with all our heart to God. Until he shines his face upon us with blessing. Not so we can be blessed and have an easy life in this world. Although, if we are so blessed, it ought to always not cause us to go into ease but all the more to thank him and to seek him and to praise him and to use the resources he puts in our hand to reach all the more with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it goes on, to, and we read this, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparest room before it and didst cause it to take deep root and fill the land. And it filled the land. And the hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the bows thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her bows unto the sea and her branches unto the river. And that certainly happened with Solomon. Then we go on and we read further on in this psalm. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee, Quicken us or bring life to us, the life of, impart the life of your spirit to us, is what it's saying. And we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, or O um, Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of hosts, is what it's literally saying. 
cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. God is calling his people in this hour to rise up and build the house of Christ, the temple of the Lord, to come together as living stones. The book I have, God, Head, Chip, and Body Invasion, gives many suggestions. It all goes into depth on tongues. It goes into depth on the seven ones in Ephesians and many interesting things in that outline. But it has many suggestions, even as to the right best times to have meetings so you can have one solid four-hour service on Sundays instead of two small, short services, which isn't as good as one solid service where you can really break through as a corporate assembly. There are many things in that book, and so I highly encourage you to support me because I do have serious needs right now financially, but I'm trusting God and I'm seeing him answer prayers miraculously because my car has been working for a month when it shouldn't be working. After it didn't work, I laid hands on it and it's working. The radiator was just pouring out and couldn't keep it up because they said that but I didn't have the money to place the replace the water pump. Now God has answered prayer so I can get it replaced really cheap through someone that I told about it, not even thinking about the fact that they would help me. And to my surprise, they found a way of me getting replaced for a lot lower, lower price. So God is wonderful, and I pray that um, his people will come together and do what's in that book that needs to be done for these last days to reap in a mighty harvest because we are living in a time just before the return of Christ and before a great in gathering and he's getting his people ready to be assemblies that are filled with his glory and love to receive this great harvest so get ready and turn to the Lord and get ready to see a mighty deliverance in the United States because you know if you go to a website called uh, sevendiscoveries.com, you can use, type in just the single number seven to get there or the other way. It, it seems to go there as well. You will find that there's a major case coming before the Supreme Court. That a lot of people, maybe it shouldn't be told to everyone, but it's coming before the Supreme Court this January the 6th that may result in Trump being immediately reinstated and in a lot of other things happening uh, that will bring a total overthrow of this tyranny. So let's pray that the church turns to God and that he has mercy upon our land. Thank you for listening to this message, and God bless you all.